Hello everyone and welcome fellow piercers and piercing enthusiasts to Real Talk, a piercing podcast from the minds of piercing professionals on the body modification industry and culture. Each episode we will center on a common theme with a guest. We will cover topics including things such as piercing methods, industry topics, jewelry, and trends. I'm your host Will Von Doom, a professional body piercer and proud member of the Association of Professional Piercers. So let's get straight to the point and dive into this week's topic. Welcome back, everyone. In this week's episode, we have a casual discussion with some good friends of mine about a topic that always seems to stay relevant in the industry. The topic is one that many folks seem to fall on one side or the other, and usually in extreme. This week, we are discussing freehand piercing versus using tools. The topic is one that comes up constantly, whether it be in job interviews, guesting opportunities, or on the internet. It is something that comes up every day. Nevertheless, If the client is happy and the piercing is done safely and is well done, does that really matter? We sit down for this roundtable with three different guests, each presenting their own unique view on the topic. Luis Garcia of Noka Oi Tiki Tattoo and Piercing in Philadelphia gives his brutally honest view as a longtime veteran of the industry. Dana Dinius of Dorje Dormant in Rochester, New York, gives us some insight into working in shops of various different volumes. Lastly, Kelly Carvara of Monarch Body Piercing in Chattanooga, Tennessee, gives us a shocking look into being a shop owner of a fully freehand and disposable business and a climate where freehand means something different to everyone. So without further ado, listen in as we talk about if tools are the devil, if one is better than the other, and what happens when your attitude writes a check that your skills can't cash. So, uh, Luis, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Luis Garcia. I've been piercing since the ancient times of Jesus. Uh, not really that long, uh, but uh, 29 years uh, this coming December. Uh, I work at Nokoi Tiki Tattoo and Piercing in Philadelphia. That's a mouthful. I'm an APP member. I'm a current uh, member of the board of directors. And, uh, yeah, I like piercings and snacks. Who doesn't like snacks? Right? Bad people. Bad people. All right. Uh, the next guest that we're having on this show has been uh, in the industry, I don't think as long as Luis, but I've learned quite a few things from him, too. So, Dana, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello. Uh, my name is Dana Dinius. I've been piercing since 93. So I'm about five minutes younger than Luis. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, I'm currently working at Dorsey Adornments in Rochester, New York. I've been here about a year. Yeah, I have a varied history for very many reasons that I can totally geek out about this topic. Great. I'm super excited to hear all that. And last but not least is another person in Tennessee with me, and that is my good friend Kelly. So, Kelly, why don't you introduce yourself as well? Yeah, yeah. hey, uh, I'm Kelly Carvara. I have been piercing almost 10 years. I own uh, Monarch Fine Jewelry and Body Piercing in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I'm an APP member in good standing, and I love picking up heavy things, and I love every single dog. There we go. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> got a fun thing. 
Uh, so the reason why I asked everyone to come on and talk for this episode is because we're going to talk about something that no matter what type of piercer or how long you've been piercing, you're going to probably use one or the other or both methods. And we're going to be talking about freehand piercing versus piercing with tools. And this is something that uh, it's touchy to say the very least. A lot of people feel like if you don't do one but you do the other – you aren't as possibly good as a piercer. There's other people that don't see it that way. It's it's just we're all over the place with it. So um, let's just start with a blanket here and let's just see who uses what and how they feel about that. I do honestly a combination of both at this point. Uh, I do think that uh, tools have a place for certain things and a freehand has a place for certain things. I've gone from initially being a... Uh, uh, all tool piercer. That's how I was trained, uh, with a few exceptions. Like I was trained to freehand epidravius from the get go. But, uh, and then over time, I just picked up stuff, uh, along the way. And if I'm honest, I started freehanding because I worked at a shop where, uh, the uh, owner used all of my tools and used all of his tools and there were no clean tools. So I had no choice but to start freehanding. So I, I started that way and it, it does make life a lot easier in a a whole bunch of senses and I became super obsessed with it for a little bit. And then at a certain point realized that, uh, things like hemostats definitely make a big difference on how quickly you can do certain things and how much more comfortable it can be for a client. Or also, frankly, I mean, in my forties getting older and certain things not working as good like fingers. So it, it does help out in a certain sense that way. Um, so yeah, I do both. Well, I originally learned the, uh, old school gauntlet method of using forceps and corks and receiving tubes and absolutely every possible tool you can throw at the, at the client. And then when I actually got into a shop during and after my apprenticeship, we didn't even have any of those tools. So it was a really steep curve the opposite direction. I'm not going to say up or down, but it was just from one extreme to the other. Uh, and so I just had to learn how to do things considerably differently and then working in, you know, all kinds of different places and all kinds of different shops and different environments, you know, you don't have a lot of the things that you've become accustomed to uh, at, at your disposal. So you just learn to adapt to working with what you have in front of you. Now, over the years, I totally have my favorite tools, uh, but I have since lost or broken all of them. Uh, at this point, I only really use forceps for like one piercing. Uh, and that would be a tongue web. Uh, anything else that I have to get too far into someone's mouth, I'm not even going to bother doing. But um, I, I, I haven't used. I, I use hemos all day. Um, at this point, like Luis was saying, getting older, like I'm, I'm not. I got nothing to prove. You know, in the early '90s, there was a huge push to, you know, don't use tools. Everything should be freehand. Blah blah blah. This was before things were disposable. You know, people were trying to do stuff without even using tapers. And I'm guessing for the context of this conversation, we're not going to be including tapers in the tool category, correct? Oh, well, that's a that's a whole other can of worms. See, that you know, that's uh-huh, yeah, exactly. that depends because if you were talking, it, 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 this is I mean, this is something I wanted to bring up. Uh, the, the concept of freehand has changed. I mean, Dana and I, speaking from the olden days in the Paleolithic age of piercing, right? Uh, freehand just meant no clamps, like. You could still use tapers, transfer assist, and whatever. Now, these days, it, it, and the way we'll build this is uh, 
disposable, like being fully disposable, which does kind of mean either no taper or you're giving the client the taper or throwing it away or whatever. So there's definitely a difference in perspective depending on what generation uh, you're in from piercing. I mean, I don't know, Kelly, what do you think about it since you're, you know, kind of a different generation than us, uh, you know, the generation behind us? You know, what I initially thought, like, freehand, I just felt like it was always, like, without clamps. I agree with that part. But, yeah, more and more, like, in piercer forums, I feel like freehand means, like, no receiving tubes, no blanks, no clamps, no nothing. But yet most of those folks are still using transfer pins or disposable mm-hmm. pin tapers. And technically, that's still a tool. Even if, you know, it's just, even if you're cutting a piece of wire and using it to attach something, it's still, in my eyes, it's still technically a tool, you know? Oh, I agree. Like, I, I consider myself a freehand piercer, but I, I still use blanks and connector pins whenever I need to. Totally. I mean, yeah. my, my personal philosophy is if you get the job done comfortably, competently, cleanly, do it. I don't care what you need. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I think people get hung up so much, so many times while we're talking about stuff in the forums on this is better than that and this is better than that and all that. And in the end, what, really what's important is you did a clean and safe piercing on your client and your client is happy. I mean, in a decent, I, I would, if it's, you're taking 45 minutes to push a needle through, I, that's obviously a problem. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it doesn't need to be super fast. It doesn't need to be super slow. Is that making sense? Like, the end, the end result is what's super important. I think that's what it ultimately really boils down to. Personally, like I know that I stand the, the neutral ground and, and most of these episodes, but I broke my hand falling out of a hearse. Uh, so I can't palm anything with my left hand <laughs> and I can't. I, so oh, God. yeah. Oh. And I, I, right? I, I, it's a funny story, but, uh, but then I, that's what you I know. And then, uh, I can't really brace that well. <laughs> Uh, with my left hand either, uh, and I'm right hand dominant, so I'm kind of in a sour situation where I I probably am like a 50-50 split. Like I'll do freehand quite a bit, and then I'll still use tools. I can do things freehand uh, that I typically use tools for, but honestly I feel like uh, I get cleaner, better results with the tools. But then there's the like other side of it. I'm doing the dishes at the end of the night, and a lot of people really – don't care for that anymore. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the shittiest part of it for sure. <laughs> um, but I mean, you can either have people do it for you, or you know. And I understand the aspect of going fully fully disposable. It does make your life a lot easier. You don't have to worry about biohazard processing and everything. Uh, but in the end, if your studio is set up a certain way with options, like for us, um, our our counter people, um, I pay I pay them extra to do my tools because I'm lazy and don't want to do it. So, like, there's always that. Well, right now I have an apprentice, so she does it for me. But it's one of those things where I just accept the fact that I have to pay for it. It's a luxury. You know what I mean? Like, I can clean my house or I can pay people to come and clean the house. I will pay them to clean the house. It's, it's, it's my laziness, so I'm paying for it. And the way the shop's set up, we have tattooing, so we're going to have autoclaves. We're going to have ultrasonics and all that. And we have separate processing for each one. But still, it, because it's set up, it works. But if you're setting up a new shop, you're you're starting out in a smaller place or you're in a place like a mall where you, you it's going to be a lot harder to have something like that, then it makes sense to be fully disposable. And if you work that into your business plan and the way you're charging for everything, it really shouldn't be an issue. I mean, Kelly, you're, are, is, are you pretty much disposable at Monarch? Yeah, all disposable. So And Jeff Saunders has a successful business doing the same thing. 
thing. So it definitely works. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's it's not like really it's that big of an issue one or the other. I don't know. I'm very much like that works cool. Like I don't, I don't hate it. It works for you. That's fine. And I can work with that if I'm guesting because it's their shop, not mine. So I'm going to play by their rules. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing too. And, and we can touch base on that. It seems to it seems to me that a lot of younger piercers and I'm and when I say younger, I mean like not as much experience because I think. Out of all of us, I have the least amount of piercing experience. I'm with the old guys in this one. Uh, but I, I honestly um, – I had a problem when I initially started uh, guesting and like working in various different studios because I wasn't 100% freehand and some of those shops were. So in order for me to make it work for myself, I would buy you know eBay Chinese bulk tools and just throw them out when I was done with them, which, which I paid out of my pocket. But that's what I needed to do the job. But I, I feel like a lot of people are not willing to either acknowledge the fact that they need tools or B, lie then and say that they don't and then wind up getting in a whole bunch of trouble, you know? I mean, it's not even trouble, if we're honest. It's just like if you're going to if you're gonna represent yourself in a certain way, whether it be online or whatever, it's more so just people, that lynch mob mentality. It's like, oh, her, her, you said this, but look at you now. Might as well just be honest in what you're doing. It, it, it goes back to that internet shame culture that we're in where, oh, you did this and that's totally bad. You know, it's like how many times do people like not really crucify me? I'm, at this point, I think it's been proven that it's kind of hard to crucify me. I somehow survive most things. I don't know how, but... Uh, you know, I nostril screws, they're fine. There's really nothing wrong with them. Everyone wants to be like, they're terrible. You know what? Cool, man. Like, you do you. I, I have nostril screws. I have threadless, too. I'll put a threaded post in a freaking nostril. I have 18-gauge threaded posts if someone wants them. That's fine. It, it's, but it's that mentality that's been fostered online because it's so easy to go to battle <laughs> over something. It's kind of, I don't know, not important, I think, I mean, while this is an important topic in some senses, in the end, it's like what I said before, like it, the end result is what's important. As long as it was done cleanly and safely for the client, for their health, you know, also for your health, obviously, following OSHA guidelines. No, no, no. You know, like that's the, no, you're that's not. the thing. I mean, that's the thing I, I feel is, uh, is the point that we didn't touch on was, we, well, briefly, was dirty equipment processing, contaminated equipment processing is a big risk. And, you know, a lot of studios have chosen not to continue to take that risk and they've changed their business model around them. And that's great because it's one less, it, it, I feel it's the largest potential for contamination for your staff full stop. Like we are, we are way more careful to control sharps than we are to, you know, deal with a pair of hemos at the end of the night. I, I totally agree with the concept of either going disposable or having tool free situations. That said, I have worked in studios where I walked in and they are crazy high volume and have no tools. Like you don't get you don't get tools. If you brought them, cool, you take them home dirty because we don't even have the facilities to process them. You know? And so that is a is also a just a completely different situation. You know, I mean having having shops that were were, you know, you didn't have the ability to to process the tools and and so you, you literally just did have to throw them away. It was really weird. Kelly, do you have uh, tool processing at Monarch? Or are you like 100% no, no tool processing? Uh, totally disposable. Like I, I couldn't process a tool if I needed okay. to. So do you buy things pre-sterilized or do you package them and sterilize them or you just stat them everything? I just uh, work with a statum for everything. Cool. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll use hemostats for jewelry changes and things like that. I'll use some blanks for certain piercings or, or connector pins for certain piercings. But if I'm using, like, a hand tool, 
that I can't get like a disposable one of, I'll sell it to the client or I'll just throw it away. Yeah, there's a lot of options for that. And like I said, you can buy them for like pennies, like in bulk if you buy like, you know, like 100, 500 pairs. I mean, and you think to yourself, you're like, how am I going to use 500 pairs of hemostats? Like you will fly through them. Oh, you will. Yeah, I mean, hemos for sure. <laughs> Like it's it's well, you know what's always a question for Kelly. Uh, what's always perplexed me is like things like large gauge, like especially if you're working only titanium, like uh, it, large gauge uh, captives and stuff for like PAs or whatever. Like it because the openers and openers are going to be your most expensive tool typically to, to purchase, especially if you're dealing with something super big. Like you just factor that into the price uh, when you quote the client, like what they're looking at for the service. No, I mean I'll I'll do my very best to do it without ring openers, but if I need to, I'll, I'll let the client know like, hey, the only way that I can accomplish this period is by using this tool i do have to sell it to you um i'm gotcha. really not marking up the the price for tools like i'm, I'm not selling them for for any kind of profit gotcha you're just, you're just selling it to them just to, to make up for the cost of you buying it i got you yeah exactly. and kelly uh, i've i've had the luxury of i think working aside everyone except for louise no i've i've seen you do like one or two piercings i mean you've seen me pierce but yeah i've gone and visited monarch when kelly was there and she I don't I think I would feel uncomfortable being like, hey, you gotta buy a tool. But the way that Kelly presents it, it's like, hey, like if you buy this tool and you ever need to take it out, you already got the tool, so you're all set. And the clients are like, Oh yeah, that's cool. All right, that makes sense. Like I it's it's this dance that I don't think I could do, <laughs> but but Kelly does a really good job of uh explaining it to her clientele and they're very receptive to it. I, I, I don't know if it's because that's the clientele that you've built um, or it's just they're receptive in that area, but it, it seems to work really well for you. Thank you. Yeah, my clients are really, really awesome, but I, I definitely let them know, like, we can reuse this tool in the future. And they're normally, like, really grateful, like, oh, wow, I'll be able to change my own jewelry myself. I, I usually can't do that. So my question uh, for all of you folks, and I and I like I said, I really like this mix of things because it seems I'm – Middle of the road. Uh, Kelly is freehand but uses tools in a disposable sense. Dana, once again, has done the both ends of the spectrum. And then Luis is a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. So my question to you folks is, like I said before, the, the industry seems to be so fatuated with the ability to just be 100% freehand. Do you think that this presents, one, a possible risk uh, for – you know, uh, piercers learning this method are possibly trying to do things that are outside of their skill set just to prove that they can do it freehand. Or do you? Yes. They're, yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. Across the board. All right. I think we've all. I think we've. I think we've all seen videos uh, of people doing it, and I'm just like, like, ooh, like. Maybe you should maybe you should take baby steps. Like stop. Maybe you shouldn't be doing a, a super squiggly straw needle through a tragus because that tragus just came out of their brain. You, you know, like <laughs> definitely. Y'all y'all have seen it. I know you've seen it. <laughs> that is true. I I don't know. I'll never forget the first time that I mean, case in point. Like I went from. A metal ma uh, fudge. I can't say that. Uh, I went from a low low quality needle <laughs> and um, went from low quality needle, and then I went to a katana needle, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm driving a race car!" Like, just it was so fast. <laughs> if I wasn't paying attention, I was like, "Whoa, I would have pierced your nostril and your septum, and probably given you a Monroe for free." I mean, that's even 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 go well, even going from a good company needle to, to to another good company needle. When you up that game with the coating or whatever, even the first time I used one of those, I was like, "Oh, holy, holy crap! I gotta slow this down because that just mm -hmm. happened too fast." 
So there's always a learning curve, but when you're, if I think back to doing, doing my first tongue piercing, actually, no, doing my first PA, uh, I'm going to think back to doing my first PA. Um, it was on an ex of mine, so I feel fine with the way the situation turned out at the end. But, uh, I remember like pushing that needle and my mentor is like, push, push. And I'm just like, so scared that I'm like pushing and that needle is not going through. It's tenting. If I would have just blammed it, like it would have gone through and it's just like, it took me like so long to do that. I felt so bad at the time. I don't now. <laughs> um, again, X, but, uh, it, it, everyone has it like compared to now where I'm like, all right, I don't know how this is going to go, but I can figure it out just because you have that experience. When you're younger, you get more nervous and more scared. Something goes wrong because everything, you know, let's be realistic. I like to always say this, no matter who a piercer is, no matter how long they've been piercing, they all make mistakes. And if they say they don't, they're a fucking liar, period. So Mm -hmm. like it's the ability to, the one thing I will say about freehand that I've always really liked and that's taught me is that you know something's going wrong before it's even gone wrong, so you can kind of correct it. Once you get used to the feel, like, you can feel what's going wrong on your hand that's holding the needle, because you kind of feel it's going to sound so stupid, but, like, the vibrations kind of on the needle, if that makes any sense. And then you can feel what's going wrong on your supporting and bracing side because of the way the tissue's responding. So you get to feel something's wonky, and you can correct it before it's even happened. I don't know if you guys can agree with that concept, but that's something that's always struck me when I did start doing freehand and learn to perceive and think about these things. Oh, very much so. That's that's why I enjoyed piercing freehand. Like during my apprenticeship, everything was offered to me. I was taught to like use as many or as few tools as I felt comfortable to get the job done. Um, and so I I have a lot in my toolbox. Like I can pierce certain things like four different ways Um, and I just feel like I have so much more control going freehand you know I I think you put it a really beautiful way that like you can feel what's going wrong before it goes wrong with both hands like just minor little Mm -hmm. I don't know vibrations or movements adjustment yeah it sounds dumb but it's some people just sorry my doctor's (laughs) freaking out Um, (laughs) some people just don't understand that that level of sensation can exist and I mean we could we could tear this apart but um, I don't feel that everyone can feel that level of adjustment that needs to be made. And I feel like, especially since, you know, all of us that are having this conversation are over 10 years in, you know, consistently mid to high volume studios, you, you're doing hundreds or thousands of piercings a year and you do start to feel that, but I'm going to vilify inside out nostrils real quick uh, <laughs> because those seem to be a very consistently poorly managed angle on the internet or from, uh, you know, people that I know that do them uh, or tried them at least on a regular basis, you know, um, especially since we're dealing with multiple types of tissue and you're not feeling the tissue layers slide like you would from the outside in and you wouldn't feel the inside layer tent like you would from the outside in, you know, you're dealing with more of a blind exit as per feel. So a lot of, we see a lot of, uh, a lot of them don't not coming out perpendicular and it's, uh, I, I feel like if people would slow down a teeny bit, that they could fix those angles and, and adjust the, the angles because more of that, I feel, is, is the uh, bracing hand than the pushing hand, even with that situation. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you bring that up. I, full disclosure, like inside out nostrils were the bane of my existence, and I completely. I just completely was like, meh. Um, and then because, you know, I finally started carrying threadless jewelry. Uh, you're welcome, Haley. And uh, 
you know, I was like, you know, I, I'm really, and again, it came to one of those points where someone uh, had guested and they didn't clean tools and my apprentice was sick, so tapers didn't get cleaned. So I was like, all right, well, I guess we are doing this inside out. And okay, having a lot, I was a little like, oh man, I really hope I don't fuck this up. It's just, it's all about, it is all about tissue bracing and it's not, it's not even just tissue bracing. I think it's just visualizing your outcome and understanding like how your bevel works, how you have to kind of contort is the wrong word. It sounds a little bad, but you have to manipulate that tissue. You can't do it like a lip where you just put it behind and blend it through. And it's definitely, and and I've done a lot more of it. Now I am a hundred percent comfortable doing it. Whereas before I was like, Oh man, I really don't want to do this. So it, it definitely takes a lot more care and just like foresight into into what what your outcome is going to be you know if uh, there's some things that i'm never going to do that way you know anyone that can do an inside out high nostril and not have it point towards the sky which is pretty much almost nobody uh, um, that's why i do them outside in <laughs> you know it's 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 one of those things where it's just like man i can't do that i know my limitations so i'm gonna not do it or if you're gonna practice like don't practice on customers like i've definitely seen videos that people post or like share and it's like all right that's a paying customer like you should really not be doing something that you're practicing on a paying customer unless they're unless you gave them the service for free and told them yo i'm gonna practice on you Uh, really that's just an old concept that's been put into my mind from my apprenticeship and just other places that i've been and it's we have all these new techniques and i'm not saying don't try new things but if you're going to practice like practice on people who you're practicing on them and practice doesn't mean one even for me if i with the inside out nostril it took probably at least a good 20 before i was like all right cool i got this you know, and luckily I didn't jack any of them up. Thankfully enough, now that I said that, tomorrow I'm gonna fuck one up. I, I know this. Oh, dude! Um, when I, when, anytime I try to do uh, like threadless posts, or even anytime I try to do a post in an inside-out nostril, uh, it's always pointing. It's it's a, not the angle I wanted. But interestingly enough, I started doing nostrils inside-out in the '90s, putting captive bead rings in them, and I loved it. And everything was rad. And I don't know what the difference is. I really just, I can't well, remember back that far. A what a captive bead ring, back then, a captive bead ring, like, you can jack up the angle, and it really doesn't make that much difference unless the <laughs> angle's really vertical. Like, if we're realistic, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's the total truth there. You you can throw a captive and stuff, and it won't look that jacked up. Just because it's, you know what I mean? Like, if you look, think about how many nipples come in. Like, maybe they were done somewhere else with a curved barbell or just were really crooked. And like way client, off. They're, they're way off, and that client's like, I just want to. So you put a ring in there, and you're like, all right, that doesn't look horrific because it, it the curvature of the jewelry does something to our brains that makes it seem not as bad. <laughs> I don't know if that, I don't know, that makes sense to me because I'm, sometimes I'm just like, okay, that doesn't look as bad as it did with the barbell. All right. But, you know, it's funny that, that, that I, I think I do want to touch on that, too. Because as I was thinking about the inside inside out nostrils and me trying to do them, I remember uh, sitting. I taught a class with uh, Pat Tidwell um, mm-hmm. and uh, Squeeze Eric Anderson from back in the day, who's not in the industry anymore. And it, it, Pat was talking about doing inside out nostrils, and this was like two, oh three or like four something like that. No, this was this was so, this was so five. This was while the first board term that I was on. So this was like two thousand five. And even then, I rem- I understood what Pat was saying. And as he's teaching this class, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this witchcraft? Like, because anyone who's seen, I love Pat. He's he's the one who taught me most of my freehand concepts way back in the day. And I mean, he was a wizard. 
I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's not dead. He is a wizard. Um, but especially back then, in a time where most people weren't freehand, and you see him do these piercings to where you literally have to slow, you have to slow the video down to be able to see what's going on and would nail it just super consistently. And it was just like insane. So this is like in, in 05, like just being like, holy crap, like this dude's busting out inside out nostrils and all this crazy stuff. Like he was completely tool free, uh, you know, official men for forward helixes and stuff. And it, it, it was, it, it's people think it's like a new thing. It's not kind of like all the clients coming in that want snake eyes and they're like, Oh, this new piercing. It's like, bitch, we tried that shit in the nineties. <laughs> right. I, I, didn't even work with Dude, I remember seeing my mentor do a snake eyes with uh, on her uh, husband, fiance, whatever partner at the time. And I was just like, what are you doing to him? As that thing took like two minutes. She, she freehanded it. She freehanded it with a, with a completely fish hook needle. And was just like, and I was just like, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> this is scary. You know, uh-huh. and this is like 1997. So these things aren't new. It's just they're new to people. So it's like some things have been tried and they worked all right, obviously. And some things have been tried and they don't work so good. So and there's very little new these days. It's always fun when new comes up, for me at least, because I'm just like, Ooh, look, look at this. It'll be interesting to see what four or five years. It seems like some of the stupid ideas that are ending up on Pinterest now was shit that we tried in the 90s. And, I mean, grunge is back, so maybe we'll see. Maybe it'll follow trend. I'm telling you, no. See, here's the thing. A lot of people, it's funny because I get into this debate a lot because everyone really hates eyebrow piercings. I really don't understand why. Y'all, it's easy money. Like, it's really, y'all are fine with nipples but don't like an eyebrow. It's easy money. It's quick and it's easy. You can do it freehand, but everyone hates eyebrows. And bitches are coming back. I've been doing way more eyebrows than I have probably in a decade in the last, like, four months. Tongues, same thing. Oh, my God, yeah. always come back in cycles. Oh, so, just leave the tongues alone. Just just let them go. I, I don't want to deal oh, with man. that. So many more. So many more tongues. So many more. So this is a weird question. Your eyebrows look very amazing because you have awesome jewelry in it. Do you think – Yeah, they do. <laughs> do you bitch. think that uh, – we're seeing a resurgence in eyebrows because we're not seeing the scars that are usually left by eyebrow piercings on a lot of people. I mean, I think one thing I know back in the day, you know, we would drill straight barbells in them and everyone was always, Oh yeah. 50, 50 chance of it rejecting. I don't know, man. I don't really see after having, I don't know. It was probably like 1997 that I switched to curved barbells and doing them freehand. I really don't see that much migration as long as you're not putting in like a 14 gauge 716 fucking barbell in there and you're sizing it according to the eyebrow. And okay, some people are going to have really flat eyebrows, so maybe it's not a good idea to do it on them. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think there's a. Honestly, different places are going to have different and anyone who's been to Philly or worked in Philly understands my Philly people. Um, they just don't give a fuck. Like, I've literally been like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like, I could tell them, you're going to die. And they're like, bitch, I don't care. Do it. Like, <laughs> seriously, I had a, some woman wanted me to pierce like, her umbilical hernia, you know, an Audi navel. And I was like, nope, not going to do it. Possible nerve damage, yada, yada. They're covered by insurance. She's like, bitch, I don't care if I die tomorrow. I want my belly pierced. And I was like, girl, not here. Not for me. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. And they really, some people just don't care because they're either maybe, oh, Grandpa Louis here. Maybe they're too young and don't really have that concept of like what or care what this is going to look like when I'm 40 or whatever or even 30 or even, you know, 
I don't know. I just think it's a difference in perception for a lot of people or something. They just don't care. No, that, that makes sense. That does make sense. I, I just make the statement that we don't see scarring that much from it anymore where I, I don't know. I feel like the clientele that always comes in and I'm like, yeah, you have enough tissue for it. They're usually like older folks. And not so much younger folks. But then I've heard like stories from like family that we have in like San Francisco and they're like, I'm busting out eyebrows all the time. And it's it's very surprising to me that like they do come in waves. I think the titanium <laughs> curve barbells ha- with small beads have a have a big I mean, for uh, sure. thing to add. I think that's one we're not seeing as, as much migration. The jewelry's lighter and it's lower profile. It is. And, and if we're realistic, so here's the thing that just popped into my head. So, I mean, when I started doing them, it was with you know, 16-gauge barbells, 3 eighths in length, eighth-inch beads. And if we're honest, like all these, you know, uh, not savory piercers, that's pretty much what they're putting in every piercing. Yeah. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, like, I think it could be a factor like that that it just works out for that. Because for sure, anything bigger than an eighth inch is going to have more problems healing. Anything thicker, conceivably, is going to put more outward pressure on the tissue and increase the chances of migration. So it could be something as simple as that. Just, you know, hey, that's that one thing that will work out great for them, maybe. I want to bring something back. I do want to give you, – you mentioned Pat and his, his, his wizard skills. And I, I love the fact that he has a video online of him doing an inside-out blindfolded nozzle. On his what? girlfriend, only on his girlfriend. He would never do that to a client. Back to the ethics no, question he that Lisa yeah, were he talking about. He would never do that to a client. Inside out, blindfolded nostril. He even put the jewelry in and put the damn gem on. That's ridiculous. Dude, I can believe that, dude. Anyone who's ever known him and who's ever seen, what if you've known him and talked to him, you know he exists on a completely different plane of existence. He's from another yep. universe. Yep. Like if you've ever watched Fringe, he came over through one of those weak spots. He's from another universe. <laughs> like he, he would do things where I'm just like, like I still. Even though he taught me a bunch of stuff, there's still some shit where I'm like, nope, not doing that. No, thank you. Not going to try it. I'm going to fuck that up. I know my own abilities. And he was just amazing. Pat Tidwell, he was, he, he was, in a lot of senses, like, he was just a big innovator. Like, he was the first people in the group, one of the first people in the groups of people from that Texas uh, uh, arena that was doing statums and stuff like that. Like, all freehand. And, and he, it was an, he was an innovator. You're awesome, Pat, if you listen to this. And we'll get him on the show at some point in the near future, hopefully. Dive- <laughs> Man, this this is a lot of fun because we're going way off, and then I'm just reeling everyone back in. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hurting cats. Kelly, with owning your own studio, uh, I know mm-hmm. that you are a one-woman show there. Do mm-hmm. you have a hard time getting people to come to guest for you because you're just fully freehand? Or have you had instances in the past where maybe you've had some people visit and they say that they are, but they have results that are not so savory? Uh, how has your situation been? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have kind of a difficult time getting guests out here. You know, for one thing, like I've learned to let the first question I ask be like, how comfortable are you piercing freehand? And what what are you? what is your definition of freehand? And what piercings does that include? Because I've had guests come out here who are like, yeah, no, I'm totally piercing freehand. And when they get here, they're like, oh, I do need hemostats for nostrils. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you because I don't have enough to last you a week. And, um, you know, I've, I've had another guest come out here who was like, yeah, 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 no, I pierced freehand. And then after their guest spot was finished, they they sent me a message to be like, oh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to come out. Um, you know, I never pierced freehand before, and I just want to thank you for letting me try it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. So I'm extremely careful with who I let guest out here. So I kind of never get a break. Usually if I have to go somewhere, I just end up closing the shop because I'd rather that than have somebody else I don't trust here. Which is totally reasonable. Um, yeah. I try to be much, much more careful with like anybody that I let come near my clients. For all the piercers that are listening to this, whoever, if, if you, if you are this person, you should kiss the floor and praise whatever deities you believe in that Kelly doesn't rat your shit out. Cause come on, don't <laughs> lie. Be honest, be honest about your abilities. Like seriously, like, like this is like, you could have totally like jacked up her clientele. That's her, her business. You're, you're putting, she's putting her business in your hands. And, and this is for anyone. If you're going to guest anywhere, like you're put, they're putting their business in your hands and you're going to leave. You're not going to see the fuck ups that you make. I know it really sucks when I have guests come out and I have to fix their shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I think that's a super dangerous thing in our industry where people are willing to jeopardize people's businesses almost to the point where, you know, we have to trust someone to cover our shifts at businesses so that we can go guest somewhere else or we can go to conference or any of those things. And then that's on you. So you're also jeopardizing an individual's employment. And I, I think the bragging points to the point where like when you look on posts and it just says like free hand septum piercing and things like that, I, I think is very dangerous because it sets this precedent where mm-hmm. you're not one of the cool kids – Unless you are doing that. And it, I feel like it's very unfortunate because there's individuals such as, you know, Kelly and, and Jeff Saunders who have who have taught many people how to pierce freehand and it, they're not like, hey, if you need a tool, you can use a tool. But you have people who are like, I don't use any tools. And when push comes to shove, they're in trouble. It's just about – I think it, a lot of it – again, it's that mentality and, and that, that- – group mentality or whatever you want to call it where they get so over obsessed on the on the minutia on the little things that in the end result can end up really lacking whether it be uh the experience for the client the, the outcome of the piercing and how you know how right or not right it is they get so over obsessed over these little minutia that i get those cool kid points and in the end like cool like so a bunch of these piercers like like you online they're not the ones coming in and giving you money you know paying your bills you know what i mean so people i get it i i can't say i haven't been afflicted with these concepts i've definitely had my bouts with ego you know i lost a job because of my ego way back in the day and it was a big like life lesson so you get these i understand these concepts it's but it's in the end like who are the people paying your bills it's your clients like so you have to gear what you're doing towards them and if you're a guest somewhere else you have to understand that you're gearing what you're doing towards the clients of that shop like like you can't again philly it's funny because jeff people always they're always like oh philly can't be that crazy and then come guests and they're like what the fuck man and i'm like dude i told you like we're, we're just rough here that's how we are that's how we and jeff i remember he guested at a uh, infinite down the street and he like came over and he's like dude i thought you were just exaggerating whoa and i was like yeah man like <laughs> like yeah man this is welcome to philly like it's i love it obviously i made it my home i'm not from here but it's like you have to cater to that clientele. So when I have someone guesting, like even beyond technique, I'm like, yo, can you deal with people that are really intense, really in your face and like don't like care about your feelings? Because like my clients will literally destroy a sensitive person, 100% destroy a sensitive person. Like not to be dicks, not on purpose. It's just the way that they are. Like 
you know, it's, it's, you have to be ready to deal with it. So it's the same sense. Just you have to think about it openly. You have to be ready for what these places, when I went to Emory, uh, for the wedding and then to like do my seminar out there where I was piercing clients and also kind of, they, they got to watch the class as well, the seminar. And I, the day before I was like, yo, I just want to watch you guys work. I want to see how your clients are because I need to make sure that I'm tailoring the way that I talk to people, my tone of voice to what will work for your clients. Cause it's California. The last thing I want is for y'all to get a one-star review because Luis Garcia was like, what's up bitches. Like I can't do that. You know, I can do that at home and I can do that you know, with friends and well, with anyone, quite frankly, but with a client, it's different. That's their livelihood. So even an asshole like me, because I'm 100% an asshole and I'm kind of proud of it, by the way, was thinking about this because this is, these are, these are my peers and I can't affect their business. So it's important for you whippersnappers out there to think about this. Don't fuck up. I'm actually still in awe that a piercer told you that, told Kelly that he could do freehand and they couldn't do afterwards. They were like, thanks for the, thanks. I've never done this. Thanks for the, for the shot. And I, I would have just been like, yo, you're done. You're canceled. Get out of here. Like that's insane. Now has anyone had, now this is, this may be an example that is unique to me. Has anyone had clients come to their studio and ask if you're strictly freehand? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely, I've, I've had clients come in because like, you know, we put on a website like nickel free jewelry, American made jewelry, this, that, the other piercing freehand, fully disposable. So we'll have clients come in and be like, oh, I couldn't find anybody else that was freehand. So thank God I found you guys. I've had clients that uh, told me to my face that they were not comfortable with me working on them because I wasn't using tools huh. to take out a seam ring. Um, I've definitely, I've had people come in, that, that, that they won't always say freehand, but they're like, do you, like they're getting their impulse. Do you use clamps? And I'm like, no, I don't use countries. They're like, oh, thank God I heard those. Part. So whether they know or not, they're asking essentially if you do freehand. And I've had exactly the opposite. No, I don't like to use them. I'm, I'm a little bit faster without them, blah, 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 blah. No, but it makes it hurt less, right? The clamp hurts more than the piercing, right? So I want you to clamp it. I'm like, what? You're, make, you're making no sense, kid. Mm-hmm. People are weird. People yeah, are weird. That's, that's something yeah. that I've run across you know, on my travels is sometimes people are very adamant about being freehand, but they don't exactly know why. They're looking for that. It's it's just kind of strange. I try and when, when people ask me, and I'm like, well, I don't use them. It works out, but there's nothing wrong with you. There's some good piercers that use clamps. It's whatever they're comfortable with to make sure. You know, the biggest thing I think, you know, with clamps is just use them right. I still use clamps for some stuff. I still clamp. I clamp. I was saying earlier, I I would I don't want to pierce susceptible without clamps at this point unless it's like large gauge, uh, and that's and I'm fine. I have no issues with saying that. People can judge me. That's fine. Y'all can eat a sack of dicks, but my septum's turned out good. So I'm doing what I need to do to have the end result come out that to the point where Amory, like when I was saying, go to Amory, I was like, you guys have this. And they're like, nope. And I was like, all right, I'm bringing some. And they were like, okay, cool. Like it, it, as long as you know what you're using them. Now, if someone's going to pierce you with clamps and they're clicking those things down, immediately run away screaming because that's definitely a bad situation if they're actually clicking stuff which some people still do surprisingly enough like if you're going to use tools know how to use them i think is super important i think it honestly really boils down to know how to do what you're planning on doing and and i feel kind of shitty that i have to say that but like if like don't don't get me wrong like for example i don't know how to arc weld but I'm not going to be like, I can figure <laughs> this out. Like, is it, no, 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 no. Like, that's, that's <laughs> not how. Yeah. You learn on YouTube. Yeah, like, 
like oh how to how to chop down a tree like with a chainsaw like there's a few things that like you shouldn't really mess around with and that is like the biggest one is bodily harm so like if i don't understand how to like use a tool like i'm not going to use it just because i can be like use that tool i'm not going to cut down the weeds in my garden with a chainsaw you know i'm i'm going to use what i know works and kind of go from there it it seems very counterintuitive to people that have tools that use tools that are not appropriate for the the tasks that they're given uh but on the same note it's also inappropriate to try to freehand a philtrum and risk a needle stick if you've never done it before especially with i and and louise and i can yell and scream at each other over this for days uh if if you don't know how to do something watching a video gives you an idea but it doesn't teach you how to do it whereas like you need to go and watch someone so they can walk you through and like explain and double check things and make sure you're doing it correctly before you do it cuz otherwise you're just going to learn wrong and and there is uh god the will von dad hat on like you can learn how to how to fix your plumbing you can learn how to like redo a hard drive like just by watching youtube videos but there is definitely a different thing when it is a feeling based skill set it's night and day it depends on experience level too i mean i don't egotistical by saying that i could probably watch a video of people doing a piercing in a different way that i can do and be like all right okay i get that i get that i get that okay i can probably try this and have it work out fine but i again i've been piercing since the paleolithic era so it's a little different than someone who's been piercing for a year or is an apprentice watching a video of of something and then being able to recreate it. You know what I mean? I don't think there's anything wrong with trying new things as long as you're doing it properly. And I certainly don't think that there's anything wrong with finding new techniques or even creating new techniques to suit your brain better. I, but I, I think we've already established that the, there's the ethical disconnect. You know, you shouldn't be trying this stuff on paying clients. You shouldn't be trying this. You shouldn't be offering this stuff to paying clients until you can do it as well as you can do it anything else other ways. I mean, like Luis even mentioned, we were talking about inside out nostrils, didn't even like them, didn't even get used to them, weren't even really partially comfortable with them until you had yeah, done and, and, and so. On the first ones, I was like, hey, so full disclosure, um, I've been using for a long time, but this is a technique I'm not 100% comfortable with, and I gave them a discount on the, on the, on the piercing because this was a shot, and this is someone who's been piercing for a long time. So... I still did that because it's like I still have to – I was pretty sure I could do it, but pretty sure is not 100%, you know? So even I was like, hey, you know, I, I won't charge you a piercing fee. You just got to buy the jewelry. Um, this is how I have to do it because, you know, we don't have the tool that I need. So are you with this? Yes. And they said yes. And I was like, all right, cool. Like you don't just do it as you're about to do it. Like you tell them before you take them in the room. Hey, I've never done it this way. If you're not comfortable doing this, come back tomorrow. I'll have the tool set. But like, if you or you can go down the street, whatever, to the other shop. But, but you know, this is full disclosure. You know, I haven't done it this exact way before, and I'm trying something new. So I think it's important is the consent. Like, we can piercers can jack up piercers all they want. If Kelly came in and said, "I want my soft palate pierced," I'd be like, "All right, you're dumb as shit, bitch, but let's do this because you're a piercer and you know you're fucking up your body." You know what I mean? But a client is a different story. That sounds gross. <laughs> oh, dude, come on, you're old enough to you've never done one of those. Uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't was gonna say, but you old. I know dumb. you've done them. It's from the day that yeah, a bunch no, of dumb fix, I put a fixed bead ring in it. Scared. Oh, good lord! Uh, <laughs> that's so bad. Uh, but 
but yeah, I think it I think it boils down to is the the humble pie. Like a lot of people are really nervous to admit their shortcomings, are admitting that they're not able to do something. And mm-hmm. I I'll be the first one to just be like, "Listen, this is outside of my skill set. I can do some research and then we can attempt this." Or if you want to, I can steer you in the correct direction of someone who's been doing this for longer than I have, who probably has more experience, and you'd probably be better <laughs> off with them. It, it's one of those things, but I, I don't know if it's if it's age that makes me say that or if it's just the way that I was brought up or, or what, but it just seems that I personally don't have a problem with that. But it, when you ask people and you put them on the spot, they're like, oh, do you do that? And they'll be like, yeah, I do, I, I do that. You you know, and you're like no, you don't. Just there's no like why like there's really no need to People impress don't. anybody. Yeah, but that's in the life that we live in. Like in this new new at this point, but this era of social media and, and appearances. Like it's so much more important to people to get like if people like them. You know, like that's the biggest thing. Like I've literally conversations with people. And, like I just can't stand if someone doesn't like me, and I'm like why. Like, I could give two shits if people don't like me for the most part. Like, it is what it is. But I don't know. If, and I don't necessarily think it's an age thing. There's people, that, you know, there, there's definitely people that are close to me that they're obsessed with people's perceptions of them. And I'm like, listen, did you kill a puppy? Did, are you a terrible person? No, then why do you care what this person said about you on this thread on Facebook? I'm like, Turtle cats. Like, who cares? Or someone called you ugly. Who cares? Like, who cares what they think? They're not important to your day-to-day life. It's just the, the the way society is now. You know, we all have to, I think all of us can look at the differences in now and yesterday in whichever way you want to shape it. And now you do have to, you have to think about, like, how people perceive you and all these things, you know, where a lot of people should. So it's it's a different, it's, it's a different time. Get off my lawn. You know, it's definitely a situation like that. And and Will, going back to, it's not that you're just a nice guy. You've always been a nice guy. That's why you're taking yeah. it back to that topic. Kelly, with uh, with your experience with people saying that uh, they could do things but then can't do things, I, pr- I presume that you had a pretty rigorous, hey, do you do this? Do you do that? Like checklist that you asked people. Did, was there any like telltale signs of people claiming they could do stuff or were they just like 100% confident? Uh, did you have like issues like that? Um, I actually haven't had a lot of guests in my studio because I'm so concerned about having the same issue again. But now I'm much more careful with like, what is your definition of freehand? Like, how do you do a nostril? How do you do a tongue? Do you do genitals? Do you do this, that, the other? And, you know, I, I had a guest who was going to come out recently who was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm freehand. Da, da, da. Like I, I got this shit. And, um, and I was like, okay, well, how do you do this piercing? How do you do that piercing? And they said they needed like this gauge blank, that gauge blank. And I was like, crap, well, I don't have that. And I probably can't get it in time for you to get here. So it is kind of interesting to see that even though it's, and I'm doing air quotes, even though you can't see me, even though that it is freehand, there seems to still be a, an amount of objects that people need. And I know that there's going to be listeners that we have here that are going to be like, oh, I just need a piece of gauze to do this. And then, and that's great. That that may work for you, but that isn't everyone. So we're, we're trying to cover as many people as we can in this conversation. But do you feel that like that should be something that they're upfront and honest when they say that they're freehand? Or do you feel like that's something they should bring with them just in case? I don't know. It could just be me, but I have like my, I mean, I've, I've guessed it at Dorje when Dana has been there and I'm like, yeah, here's my, my bucket of tools just in case I need one of these things. Like I just have them. 
Oh, there is. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It just says Will's it. Tools, and it's like on the top shelf <laughs> in a thing. I'm, I'm imagining, well, can I imagine, uh, um, it's like a magic murder bag is what I envision you with your tools. Oh, I w- I, now like I need to get one of those. tiny doctor bags? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, Something I do want to touch on that, and this is kind of in reverse, because I've definitely been in a situation where I had a guest come out, and they literally had never once worked with threaded jewelry smaller than 14, and could not, for the life of them, thread on a 2-millimeter CZ onto a 16-gauge post. Could not. I literally had to go in the room and do it. Yeah, okay, it's annoying, but like it, it, the limitation that it puts on you. Like I can, I can do that. It's annoying. You know what's worse than that? Try threading that shit onto a forward-facing circular. That is hot garbage. You know, but it is what it is, and it's part of oh, our job. Terrible. You know, it's at the same time. You know what? Like I don't like to do Princess Albertinas just because they are a pain in the butt. But if a client really wants it, and we've had a consultation and everything, it is my job to kind of do it on them because I do know how to do them and can do them. So it, it's limiting, I think. To, if you've only ever worked with Threadless, that's going to be limiting because threaded jewelry is not going to go away for a lot of us. Okay, in some places, sure. But same thing with nostril screws. If you can't bend a nostril screw because my shit's not pre-bent, it's custom bent for each client, you're gonna say, we're going to sell a ton of them at, at my shop because they're the cheaper option. And, and a lot of people just mm-hmm. go straight for the cheaper option. So it's just really limiting. Uh, you're limiting yourself. That's not evolution. You're, you're not being. You're not being able to deal with the adversity uh, of your industry. And I think that's the one thing that people don't think about. Is like you're not as well versed. You're not as experienced. You know what if what if in this time we're waiting? How many jewelry you were not as threadless, but you have threaded? Are you just going to turn people away because you can't screw that on because you've limited yourself? That's the sad aspect of it. Like, I can thread something on. I can pop a threadless end on. I can do whatever. Like, I can do a lot of it. And so I think other people, and it's not like I'm magic. Like, I just, I've been doing this for a while, and I got used to a whole bunch of different stuff. I didn't limit myself back in the day. And even though I poo-pooed threadless joy for a long time because I'm a tick, um, I could still work with it. You know what I mean? I can still bend a pin. You know, I can still figure out how to get this end tighter so it doesn't come off. It, it, it should be the same in the other way around. Sure, it's a pin in the but it's an aspect of our jobs. You know what I mean? Well, it's also just an approach to the idea of, you know, being, for lack of a better term, well-rounded in your craft because, you know, if, if you want to be a cool kid, you know, you're going to try and figure out all of the, the fanciest inside-out needle-bending hashtag because gold threadless ways of doing everything, and you're not going to stop to think, hey, maybe I'm going to end up I'm not going to put a, a you know a, a, an 18 gauge flat back with a gold end in a freaking PA. You know, it's 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 it, not everything revolves around that. Sure, 80% of what you're going to do most of the time in most studios across the country are going to be small and threadless or threaded. But you, you, even just like you know, not Wolverine and three piercings at once with three needles and getting and getting them straight. It, and the internet there's just two people, wrecked these like, people. There's like heads. two people that can do that in the entire world, maybe. So, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and, and and there's nothing wrong with it. So, to the people that might be listening to this, if that's what you want to do, please feel free to contact those people posting those videos because I promise you, they're actually human beings and they're really nice people, and they'll totally talk your your ear off about them because you're interested in the same nerdy shit they're yeah, interested and, in. And the people, the people that I do know that can do it, likely will tell you maybe you can do it. <laughs> I've seen it happen in front of me. I've seen it happen, and it's like, dude, I can, I can do. You know what, man? I'm really good at shit. 
I can nail my angles pretty good, but I I have not successfully been able to do something where I'm 100% happy doing like that multiple needle at the same time, like Wolverine that. I've done it to where it was passable, but passable isn't okay for me. So it, it's like, cool, all right, so you want your, cool again, cool kid points for doing this crazy thing and you want to post that video, but uh, in the end, is that helping your business at all? You know what I mean? Is that helping your clients at all? I think, again, it boils down to the client and the outcome for the client is what's most important. Yeah, the only time I've ever tried that was because it didn't fucking matter. Yeah, I think ultimately <laughs> it boils down to the fact that the client is the most important, regardless if you are freehand or if you use tools. If the piercing comes out and it's done correctly, it's done straight, it's not going to have any issues, I think we can all agree on that that is the most important thing. So when you have this internet piercer forum rage war between freehand versus tools and this versus that and there and and it's it's not just this topic there's you know gloves versus sterile gloves you know and we can go back and forth on so many different topics everything everything is super polarized when and, and all the other right people. and everyone's in one camp or the other there's very few mm-hmm. people in the middle but but with that being said if you can do a piercing you can do it correctly you can do it safely and you can take care of the implements or lack thereof implements that you use during the piercing, I think you're okay. And that's that's the big reason why I wanted to have all yep. you folks on with all the different viewpoints, you know, whether it be Kelly being full disposable, Dana using some, Luis being 50-50 as well as myself. I, I think it's just I want to stress to everyone, especially the younger list or the younger the younger piercers that are listening is is if you can do it correctly, it's fine. Like that's the big thing. Just make sure that if you do try to venture out or guest or go other places, that you're very clear in your limitations and not trying to, you know, oversell yourself or try to say that you can do things that are out of your wheelhouse because I will tell you this right now, it will come to haunt you. And the only person it, the only person that it makes look foolish is you. So it's exactly. it's a lot easier to be honest. And if and you know, the Will Von Dad hat is on. If you're looking to be a hundred percent freehand, that's awesome. Take some time, go visit some freehand piercers. I know Kelly is always welcoming are welcoming guests when they come down to Chattanooga. And if you do come, let me know because that means I can come visit too and make an excuse for that. Uh, but the but the big thing too is like if you want to learn tool techniques, like that's fine. If you want to go visit a piercer that just does freehand, that's fine too. Just make sure that you understand that you are putting client safety uh, and your safety. This? You're putting your yeah your client and yourself because trust me. If, and let's be honest, when you get a needle stick, it will be the most terrifying experience of your entire life. You should really honestly take a few steps back and just say, is it worth that? And I don't think that it is. What's worth more, your pride or your health or your client's health? You know, that's that's the thing at the end. We all, everyone has the ability to be prideful. None of us like to look like liars or you know idiots for the most part. I think most people don't want to look like that. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Like, and what you're going back to what you were saying, like it will get out. It will come back to haunt you. If y'all haven't realized by now, wood piercers are a gossipy ass sack of bitches. Like people will find out within, <laughs> in this day and age of social media, you cannot fart without in two minutes the entire world knowing like you can't so like like you you have to understand like how it is and what you do 
in one place if you what you do in one shop you can guess pierce in freaking rome italy and if you jack something up really bad or you lie about something within within a day people all over the world are going to know that you lied about something you know and it's really hard to recover from something like that when it was something that you could have just been honest about yeah that's a big thing like for example like i've worked with and for kelly um i think once or twice but i'm i'm very honest i'm like hey i need to bring my tools like, I can't do this stuff on my own. Like, I'll throw them out. Don't worry about it. And I'm not going to drag them home, you know, and things like that. I'm very honest. Like, when I went to go uh, visit Dandelion and Miro, I was like, hey, man, I don't do a lot of genital work. I only do maybe like five different piercings. He was like, thanks for being honest with me. He was like, we'll just make appointments for them, you know, when I'm there. You know, it's, it's, no one is going to give you guff for being honest, but everyone, will give you guff for being a liar and saying that you can do X, Y, and Z and jump over the moon when you can't. Yeah. Please God, just be honest. Oh my goodness. Yep. Yeah. And Kelly's a perfect example with the, with the, oh my goodness, the nightmare scenario that you went through. I mean, I would have a panic attack if I was in your shoes for, for that whole thing when I had my shop up and going. So yeah, yeah, that's terrible. But yeah, so this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that pretty much takes care of everything that I wanted to talk about today. I know we got a little distracted and talked about all different things and, and had crazy side conversations, but that's why I love this podcast because it gives us a chance to talk about one general topic and then just see where it goes. So uh, I want to thank all my guests once again for taking time out of their busy schedules to talk to me. Uh, so I'm going to give everyone one last chance to say where they're from and where you can possibly visit them. But we'll also include links uh, in the show notes for where everyone is located and also all their social media. So uh, let's start from the top again. So, uh, Luis, go ahead. Uh, why do you laugh when you say my <laughs> name? Because I love jerk. you so much. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm, I am I am comedian. I accept my place in the world. Um, again, I'm Luis Garcia. I work in Philadelphia at Nokoi Tiki Tattoo and Piercing. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram. It's L-U-I-S-G Piercing at, on Instagram. Not Luigi. Everyone understand that's racist. I'm not Italian. I'm Cuban. <laughs> I floated here for a reason. Uh, you can also see me on, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, that's under Bod Mod Cub, B-O-D-K-U-B-O-D-M-O-D-K-U-B. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You can search for uh, my email. That's L-U-I-S-G at bodmod.net. And, uh, I mean, I'm on Tumblr, too. Uh, Luis G. Piercing on Tumblr as well. So, yeah, that's all my social media junk and stuff. Next. <laughs> wow. Okay, so um, I'm Dana and uh, I'm at uh, Dorje Adornments in Rochester, New York. The only social media that I'd be inclined to uh, attach to work stuff and or the easiest place to message me is going to be a, on the book face. Uh, I've made my Instagram private and I don't use any of the other shit that I still have and I don't know how to delete. So, there's that. Next. Um, Telly Carvara. I own Monarch in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, you can find us at uh, monarchpiercing.com um, Instagram at monarchpiercing. My personal Instagram is piercer.kelly, but that's mostly just uh, dog stuff and food. So, enjoy. Also arm wrestling. Mm-hmm. Also arm wrestling. Which is... Which is pretty incredible. I mean, I, not many people. I'm. Just, I'm going to blow you up, Kelly. Not many people know this, but Kelly like professionally arm wrestles. It is unreal. It's scary. It's, I've seen oh it. my I god! Like I go to the gym and I'm like, I got some pretty good gains. And then like Kelly's like, oh yeah, 
terrifying. <laughs> she, it's it's aw- no, it's she amazing. Can, she could arm wrestle Zangief from Street yes, Fighter and Annihilate. Absolutely. So you you should follow Kelly for cute dog pictures and also terrifying arm wrestling photos <laughs> because they're they're. And those of you that don't know that those of you that don't know than half of Will's size. Okay. But Kelly, didn't didn't I make you did, when you were in Philly? Scared. Didn't I arm wrestle? Yeah, you made me arm wrestle AJ and I beat him. Of course, well, I mean, come on, good. <laughs> Sorry, AJ, but come on. I I, I thought I remembered that. That's fine. Tattoo bumps. Okay. Yeah. But uh, no, you should really, if you do get time, and I always do suggest it, uh, please take some time to follow our guests. Uh, It's really important to me that uh, share their social media and stuff like that so you can see all the awesome things that they do. Uh, But yeah, once again, I just want to thank everyone so much for taking time to talk with me today. And um, all of our guests are very, very open and very willing to help younger piercers and people within the industry. So if you do have questions or anything like that, please don't hesitate to reach out to them. Uh, They will help you out as much as they can. Uh, So please don't be nervous about that. According to Luis, maybe I am too nice, but who knows? I do know that I love these types of conversations where we cover a ton of topics surrounding a main topic, but are able to talk about things in the industry that we remember fondly. Hopefully you enjoyed these tangents, and if you'd like some more lighter episodes like this in the future, write to us and let us know. Thank you so much to my guests this week. I've included links for them in this week's show notes. Please take some time to follow them, or better yet, visit their places of employment. Also, if you do have any questions or would even like to discuss things related to this podcast episode, please reach out to them. They would love to discuss it with you. These episodes are meant to show you that having a difference in opinion is okay. Lots of guests, which many folks deem as pinnacles in the industry, don't always have the same opinions as others or may even be the complete opposite. And that's okay. You should feel encouraged to ask questions or even just ask why without feeling nervous or embarrassed. In other news, starting next week, we'll be airing some mini-sodes. These mini-episodes of our podcast will only be a few minutes in length, and each one will highlight the upcoming Association of Professional Piercers election and feature one of the current candidates answering a few questions from us to let you know some more about that person's views and what they can bring to the organization. These individuals are running for the two positions that are currently opening on the APP board. If you have accepted a nomination to run, please contact me via social media to ensure that we can add your responses and get your information out there. Voting begins in a few weeks and is open only to current APP members. This in itself is a benefit of being a member because you get to shape the future of the industry. All of this information will be in the episodes we are airing starting next week and will run every other weekday. In addition to this, I would like to note that I'm doing these episodes of my own volition. I'm not doing them for more listens or to get more coverage. Honestly, I love this industry. It's why I do the podcast. It's a labor of love. I want to ensure that more people can hear the story of these candidates and what these individuals are willing to do and how their experiences will help. It shouldn't be a popularity contest, but should be electing an individual that will bring a unique skill set to the organization and help push them forward into the future. This is how I can help the industry, and you can either allow media to be helpful or harmful, and I'm here to be helpful. As always, I want to thank all you wonderful folks for the reviews on iTunes and the Google Play Store, as well as listening in every few weeks for each episode and supporting us on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon 
at patreon.com slash realtalk, a piercing podcast. I would also like to thank our ongoing sponsor podcast. Other Couture Jewelry has more than double production over the last year, from creating smiling gold teeth across the country in one of their pop-ups, to designing one-of-a-kind pieces in their base of operations in Los Angeles. What's even more exciting is what they have planned in the near future. This one is big, so stay up to date by visiting our sponsors page or visiting othercouture.com. Sponsor Goldheart Woodworks has been up to some very interesting projects lately. Lars, CK, and Derek have created some one-of-a-kind display sets. The most recent multi-tiered red, black, and white ash and maple set is to die for. They can create unique colors and dimensions to fit your cases and theme of your studio. You can contact them via their website, bodyjewelrydisplays.com, to discuss or even start a project. They ship both domestically and internationally now. Even if you're not looking to create a personalized set, you can use the website to see their current stock and pick up some of the pieces from their classic lines that the company is known for. In addition, I suggest following their Instagram for inspiration and to be the first to know about their one-of-a-kind sets as soon as they are completed. Our final sponsor for this week's episode is from our California family. Adam and Shelby Richens have been making Santa Cruz shine at the beautiful Amory Body Arts. This is the only studio I trust in Santa Cruz to send clients and listeners to. Their incredibly skilled staff is always available to help you curate and design your next project or simply add the new piercing you decided to get that morning. For all your piercing and jewelry needs, make sure to visit our friends at Amory. You can find more information about these companies under the Sponsors tab on our website, realtalkapiercingpodcast.com. To ask questions, suggest topics, or get more info about your host or today's guest, please visit us at realtalkpiercingpodcast.com. If you have a moment and enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest are their own and do not represent the official position of the Association of Professional Piercers or their places of employment. Music by Broke for Free.